When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Hey, welcome back. Seven fifty-five is real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic. With my co-host Eric O'Flaherty. What's going on, Eric? What's up, Dave? Where are you? I'm here in uh, fabulous St. Louis. Are you staying right across from the park? Right down the street. About a, probably a little less than a mile walk. Everything's kind of compact right here downtown. It's yeah. desolate downtown, which has gotten marginally better over the years. But I say marginally. Has it? <laughs> There's nothing down here, man. And, we, and the thing is, the airport is so crappy here in St. Louis. I mean, notoriously horrendous airport because it's really? nobody's hub. It's nobody's hub. So they haven't updated it, you know, because the airlines are the one to give them the money to do all that. So it's nobody's hub for like the last 25 years since Transamerica died. <laughs> TWA, remember? Or Transworld no. Airlines. Transworld Airlines. No. Um, yeah, it's before your time. Anyway, you can't fly direct to St. Louis hardly from anywhere. I mean, there's like one flight a day from most cities. So it's hard to get in here. There are no flights out on Sunday night. You can't even fly to Atlanta on Sunday night from here. So you always got to stay that extra de- that extra night. So you get done on a Sunday afternoon game here, and you're walking downtown to your hotel. You Nothing. can get a bowling ball and, walk- and roll it down the road. There's nobody. <laughs> nobody. They roll that. the sidewalks in on the weekends once the game's over. Once everybody yeah. heads back to the burbs and the country from, you know, to the, after the game. Yeah, we, we would stay place. at that hotel that was right there, but I tried walking around. The Westin? Let me see what's going on, you know. Like that was my favorite thing to do in a city. It's get up and yeah. get out, leave the hotel at one or noon, and somewhere yeah. in there, and just kind of wander. And I, I wandered like around the block, and I was like, "All right, I'm just going to the stadium." It's nothing, man. They do have a little thing for fans, like the battery. They've copied mm-hmm. the battery right next to a yeah. ballpark, but it's it's a lot smaller than the battery, but it's yep. the same concept, and that's really lively, you know. But only right before and after the games, anyway. Right. Um, anyway, here we are, what, four games in, uh, Braves took the series in D.C., did not sweep because on the last day, Mackenzie Gore pitched pretty well for the Nationals yeah. and, and, uh, for the Braves, it was not a great debut for Jared. Um, you know, all spring, you got, all spring, you had, uh, the two lefties pitched so well, but. You know how spring training goes, man. There's always people that pitch so well in spring, and and that's why nobody takes it. I mean, it's always with a grain of salt. But um, And then the season starts, and they both make the rotation because of the situation with Kyle Wright, and obviously uh, um, there was a fifth starting opening already. So they both make the rotation. Dylan Dodd gets his start tonight in game five here in St. Louis. But you weren't overwhelmed by his stuff in – in, in in his debut at uh, Washington, were you Jared's? No, not really. I mean, it's Jared you know, Schuster it's a, talking about I, them. the other Schuster. Yeah, lefty. I was I was um I was surprised they made the move to send him down as quick as they did. Yeah, because it it was impressive to start off that bad and then you know lock in and and turn it into a pretty decent yeah. start. You know, I mean, yeah, it, the first inning was horrendous, but after that, he didn't terrible. give up anything else. A couple of walks, a couple of hits. I mean, one walk, a couple of hit, three hits, two hits, but nothing after that. Yeah, but the but stuff the in general, was, you know, I mean, it's if you're going to throw 90-91, mm-hmm. you cannot be falling behind guys and walking anybody. Right. Like, you have to be aggressive right. and confident, and that's kind of the hardest thing. You know, making your debut as a low 90s, you know, non-velocity pitcher you're going to be nervous and your control is going to be off. Like it's, it's just a, it's a formula for that exact inning to happen. Yeah. You kind of nibble, you know, the worst thing that could happen is first pitch gets laced for a single. Yeah. You know, so you, you're like, yeah. confidence. you're already in your head, you're building it up. Like, okay, what's it going to be like? What's this league? Like, 
I can do this, you know, kind of pep talking yourself. And then the first pitch you throw just gets shit on. Yeah. And it's like that kind of sends you into, okay, now I got to make pitches. Uh, you know, this is a different league type of mindset. Um, and then from there, you know, just falling behind guys. Um, I definitely think guys don't have as tight of approaches in spring training because most guys want to hit. Right. So right. if you're around the right. zone in spring training, you got a good chance of guys expanding and, you know, grounding out on that pitch that's Great a couple point. inches off. But once the season starts, it's like there's guys wanting to keep their jobs, wanting to put up their numbers and trying to win games. So overall, I thought I was impressed that he bounced back from that inning. But, you know, the right. stuff definitely wasn't overwhelming. And if he's going to have success in the big leagues, you know, he's going to have to pitch like he did those next three innings. And I thought he would have gotten a shot to build on that because that's that's something you build on. But unfortunately, there's an injury and they needed that spot. Yeah, he's facing, especially in his early starts and his early appearances in Grapefruit League, uh, he's facing a lot of young guys trying to make teams. Yep. They're not trying to walk to make the team. No. They're up there hitting. So no. he's getting ahead and counts. And then he's yeah. using that slider. Well, the other night, they were patient. And yep. – the result was, like you said, the first pitch was laced. Then he had a, the, the, the worst thing he could do to try to keep a spot on this team, two bases loaded walks back-to-back. Yeah. That's like that will drive Snitker crazy and everybody crazy, but that's, that's the bad sign right there, the bases loaded walks. They can deal with just about anything except free passes and free passes with the bases loaded when there's no margin for error. But like you said, this is a guy who throws 91-92 and – he relied so much on that slider, which was there all spring. It was not yeah. there. It was it was there, but all for all but maybe one or two games in spring training, he had a really good crisp slider. And the other night, I don't know if it was because the confidence was shaken early, but that slider wasn't there. Hundred percent. You could you and, could look at him and see nerves. Yeah, and they were trying to make him, and they were making him throw strikes. And when you throw ninety one ninety two, you're you're kind of scared to throw it over the middle. When you throw ninety one ninety two, you know you're not throwing ninety eight bring yeah. it up in the zone and that kind of thing. Well, and the hitters aren't afraid. This is the big thing for me is the hitters aren't afraid to be behind the count to a guy that throws 91, 92. Yeah. So then they don't do you favors. You right. know, when you're throwing 97, 98 all over the place, yeah, they might take, but the ones you throw down the middle get fouled off or whatever. And the hitters are like, I don't want to get behind this guy throwing that hard. When you're throwing 91, 92, they'll sit yeah. and wait. Cause they know that even if they get deep in the count, they can, they can be in react mode. They don't have to guess or sit on a pitch or, or look for anything. Um, so I just I think it's it's the worst combination for a major league pitcher to make his debut with is is in today's game is is lower velocity because of the comfort the hitter is going to have. Yeah. And the number one thing you lose when you make your debut or you're nervous or you have too much adrenaline is your feel. So if you're a feel guy and a location yeah. guy and a, and a pitch guy and you don't have that tool, which is your only tool at that point, you know it's it's just a recipe for that kind of a uh, really ugly first inning. But, you know, once he settled down, I thought he did good. Yeah, and I thought uh, Sean Murphy really helped him get through that thing, too. Yeah. Because that could have – because they were they were a batter away from taking him out in the first in inning. In the first, yeah. They batted it around. If he had not got Victor Robles out to end that inning, he was gone. He wasn't going to make it through the first inning. So – and it was kind of a perfect storm as to why they sent him down because normally they would not. That's not what the Braves do, especially their top prospect. He, he weren't, earns a spot with a good – Solid spring, really great spring, really. He earns a spot. The last thing they normally would do is send a guy down. They, they don't want him looking over his shoulder, you know, and feeling like uh, the next guy, feeling like, okay, they sent him down. They'll do me too. But yeah, things, that's the things changed. Things changed after Max Free got hurt because all of a sudden you can't send down one. Of, they didn't want to send down one of those relievers because they know this bullpen is really going to be called upon probably. Yeah. When you're filling in for Max Free, you're filling in for Kyle Wright. You got two rookies making their debut in the first week. So they didn't want to uh, – and the bullpen has pitched really well, but they didn't want to move one of those arms. And Tonkin probably saved his job when he comes in um, and pitches – Really shut down a, a, a snuffed out a rally. Uh, he pitched really well to any that day that that he leaves the game. They only needed three pitchers to get through that game, which they could have used six if if he'd have gotten blown up in the first inning. But he gets through four and a third, I think it was. He went yeah, four it, and a third. Yeah, and then Tonkin comes in, comes in four and a third or four and two, four and a third, I think. And then Tonkin comes in and goes two plus innings. Really impressive, uh, and Chavez. You know, yep. comes in and finishes it off. So, but Tonkin really impressed. He didn't give up anything. 
And he probably saved his spot because he was probably the guy that was going to get sent yeah. down to make way for Dodd to be activated today. Well, uh, you really don't want to send a guy down in Schuster's position. You know, like you don't want right. to because you don't want that that mindset of if if I pitch bad, I'm going down. You know, and especially oh, I felt like I showed something to built on, it and I'm still going down. But right. you know who you want to send down even less is the guy that came in and and went two and a third. He's got no options and dealt and doesn't have options. You know, so he was going to get picked up by somebody, yeah. especially after that. After that throwing like that, yeah. So they did Luplo. They got rid of Luplo because they've got a surplus of outfielders, and they figure if Luplo gets through waivers, they'll send him in AAA if he wants to go. If not, the guys that did so well in spring showed enough that the Braves know they did not need all those veterans they signed in the offseason because. Two young guys played really well, Forrest Wall and Justin Dean. But Forrest Wall really stood out. The guy that ran, like, stole six bases, made some great catches, robbed a home run, hit during spring. So he impressed. But then Eli White, one of those veterans they got in the offseason, really had a great spring, and he's kept it up. He had a two-homer game the other day for Gwinnett. Mm-hmm. So he had, you know, four or five RBIs in that game. So – they, those guys have shown enough that they weren't worried about losing some of that outfield depth because they got so many guys. So yeah. that's why they did Luplo rather than get rid of one of the relievers. Um, uh, Bryce Elder, they made the move that we thought they'd make. Uh, I thought they were holding out for Freed, hoping he'd show a little progress and maybe they could sneak it through and only have him miss one start, come back like in 10 days. So instead of putting him on the IL, but that went out the door today. They put him on the IL and the guy we thought – that they would come up, did Bryce Elder, who started Gwinnett's opener on Friday. He comes up. He's in line to, to, to start tomorrow. So he'll take Freed's turn tomorrow after Dylan Nod makes his uh, debut tonight. So um, Elder pitched real well in his opener until giving up a three-run homer in the sixth inning. Before that, he pitched fine. So we'll see. And he's obviously a guy they know they know what he can do, and they're not that worried about you know him getting blown up or whatever. So he was the one that made the most sense. Ian Anderson, man. You just when you think can't, things can't get much worse, he goes down to Gwinnett in his first game there. Didn't make it out of the first inning. Faced nine batters, give up three homers. I don't know what's going on with him. I mean, I tell you, I, I can't really explain how bad he's pitching right now. I mean, it's got to be you know confidence at this point. Or, you know, I used to – I wonder if he's done this, but I used to like to look at um, video from the front. Because almost all the video you see is from the back or the side. Mm-hmm. But if I could find a feed of video from the front, I could see how I was hiding the ball. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, look, he's got a major league staff working on him. It's not like they haven't right. thought of this, but that's just what, what pops into my head is when you don't see a major velocity drop, you know, you kind of cross off the am I tipping pitches thing. Right. Um, it, it is amazing what confidence can do, but for him to, to not lose velocity and, and be walking guys and getting hit like this, yeah, he had good control before, but it's, it wasn't like he never missed a spot. You know, it wasn't like he's just throwing meatballs now and he was dotting up before. There's no drastic change when I watch him throw. It's like you wonder if he's – something with his front side, he's he's not hiding the ball as well anymore. Uh-huh. You know, the deception is gone because I felt like he really lived off deception before. And to be able to throw the way he did in the playoffs. In the playoffs against in the good playoffs, hitters, man. And, and now you're getting hit in AAA. It's, there's something – for me, it's got to come down to deception, or at least that's the that's it. That's the thing I'd want an answer to is like you know, even having your own hitter stand in the box and be like, "Can I when I do this, you know what what can I do for you not to pick up the ball so well?" Or throw to him and ask him, "Are you picking up the ball pretty easy, or am I just throwing, you know, salad up there? Like what's going on?" You know, I mean, right. I'd want to get to the bottom of that. Eric, let's hear from today's sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone. Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, last night, the opener at, at St. Louis, impressive. Uh, the offense, once again, uh, just showed that what Acuna, for one, brings when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. And he's healthy right now. And last year, I mean, we showed it, we, we saw it in spurts, you know, but then that knee was clearly bothering him last year. And we're reminded of that now because we're seeing the full Acuna again. And him in that leadoff spot, 
it just changes everything, man. I asked some guys. <laughs> Austin said, "Yeah, it's it." He goes, "He is so explosive." Yeah, and that's the word that a couple of guys I asked about him used compared to last year when he was hesitant, when the knee was bothering him some, when he couldn't get quick rotation, he couldn't use those explosive hips because I've I've heard. Uh, Seitzer's talked about his hips before, how they're unlike other people's hips, how fast he explodes those hips. Yep. And twi- and he couldn't do that last year when the knee was bothering him. He's doing it now. And it's like literally any pitch this guy can do damage. And then he gets on base and any any pitch he can steal yep. second or third or score from first on a single. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I mean, he's, he's that, that's why he was who he was. You know, that's why there was so much excitement about him because – He's that rare five tool player that, and every tool is not just barely a five tool tool. It's, you know, it's elite at at each one, speed, power. I mean, he's special. In a box, him leading off though, when you've got Matt Olson batting behind him and then Austin Riley. I mean, I would put that first three up against anybody in the majors, man, when they're healthy, like they are right now. And Olson's hitting like he did in spring. And he had a two homer game the other day. Austin Riley hits one last night. That oh my god, I've never seen a ball even hit their MVP 473, the second longest by visiting, pl- uh, the longest by visiting player in Bush Stadium history, third longest overall at Bush Stadium. And they've Who had the some, other two. Who are the two longest? You know what? I, I was Who hoping holds? you would not ask me that. I, I did not look, uh, but they've had some hellacious hitters here since they yeah. moved, even in this one. McGuire was at the old park, yeah, I think he played a little bit at this new one, right? But uh, I mean, prime to pool, have them, so I mean. Pujols, yeah. I mean, it came. That's uh, that's something. And 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 when Riley does it, it almost looks effortless. I mean, he's just so big and strong. Jesus, when he runs into one, it's so, so smooth. If you would have showed me that clip and said, "How far do you think he hit this ball?" I'd be like, "Oh, it looks like he got it." You know, that's a homer. Yeah, four ten, four seven. We asked <laughs> we asked him after the game, "Is that as far as you've ever hit one?" And I knew he was going to mention the the one that he did, the one in Charlotte. Was on that bench. He was before they brought him up. <coughs> people forget the kind of bench he was on in AAA. He was hitting so well that they had an injury at the time in the outfield. That was Iglesias. Uh, not Iglesias. Who, who am I thinking? The center fielder, former center fielder with an eye. AAA. No, no, the brace oh, center fielder. Enciarte. Yeah, Enciarte was hurt, and they had to move somebody over from the. They had, so they had an opening in the outfield. Austin Riley was hitting so much in AAA that they're like, we've got to get that bat here. So they put him in the outfield for like five games and brought That's him right. up. Yep. And but the if you look back at the numbers he was putting up in AAA, they were just ridiculous, ridiculous numbers. And the homer he mentioned last night, there's a, there's you can still find it on YouTube. Was at Charlotte. They have a big scoreboard right in Charlotte, like in left center. He hit it over the entire scoreboard. They didn't have stackets there, obviously. They didn't give a measurement. But it went over that scoreboard, and that was probably a week before they brought him up. But those two, he said, those are probably the two longest I've ever hit. And he said, when you hit one like you did last night, it's like you can't even feel it coming off the bat. It's like it's just perfect. I, I don't even know. I can't imagine what that feeling's like, but he's not the first hitter I've heard say that, that when you hit it perfect like that, it's you like it doesn't it. – Yeah, you can't even feel it. Do you ever golf? I mean, I've done. I mean, I've swung yeah, a bat. Yeah, but at I haven't hit club. one like that. <laughs> You've never peered an iron. No, it's, it's not kinda, good. <laughs> it's kind of a similar. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, if you find it on there, man, it, it was I'm epic. It was epic. Uh, Austin Riley home run, Charlotte for Triple A Gwinnett. All right, I'll see if I can find it. In 2019. So, but you know, I was talking to Austin about this lineup and. He said it's so fun to be a part of because literally one through nine can get you. And I'm going, you, you've heard, you heard a lot of guys say that. Snit says a lot. This year, it's legitimate with these guys. It is one through nine. Because if you look at the ninth place hitter, <coughs> is Arcia. Arcia had two 15 homer seasons with the Brewers. Yeah. I mean, this guy can hit. And by the he's way. Got, how he's about, got a knack for some big hits, too. Yeah. Good, how, about the sh- how about the shortstop that he's playing right now, by the way? That's, I mean, anybody that, anybody that questioned that move and thought it was just about roster manipulation or whatever, which was kind of ridiculous, you know, seeing as Grissom's not even a rookie. But this guy's playing his ass off at shortstop. He made a play last night on that high hopper mm-hmm. that was like, wow, that was beautiful. 
He's so quick with his feet and he's and, and got a great arm. His hands, everything just works. He's really smooth over there, turns double plays. But, yeah, he's hitting right now too. So He's, he's a ball uh, player. Yeah, he's, he's been very much responsible. Uh, played a big part so, so far for this in this thing. But having that guy as your as the quote unquote worst hitter in your lineup, I mean Ozuna's probably the worst hitter in your lineup, but Ozuna obviously can run into one at any time when we're talking just yep. power. Yep. So so far Ozuna only has one hit, by the way, in 14 ABs. It was a home run, but he's got one hit. He's not really designated hitting. <laughs> we'll see yeah, how long I mean, that that's, lasts. That's just you know, Smith's it's gonna give him to... chances. He's giving him yeah. chances. So far, he hasn't even used Murphy in DH. He's used – Darno's been in the lineup every day. He started two games, catcher, two at DH. Murphy started two at catcher, had in DH. Ozuna started two in left field, DH those other two. We'll see how long he goes with that. Snit said, you know, Snit's not really uh, showing his hand as far as how he's going to use the catchers. If he's made up his mind, he isn't saying because he says we're going to play it by ear, look at each series. If Because if one guy starts hitting, he'll probably play more. But – he said they're going to look at each series and decide going in and all that. But uh, so far, Murphy hasn't DH'd. And Murphy DH'd a lot last year with uh, Oakland when he wasn't catching. So I would I would anticipate if Azuna doesn't start hitting, yeah. you'll see Murphy in there more, depending on matchups especially. But uh, And I, and yeah, I also you. thought – it's only four games in, but I also thought Murphy would catch more games, and I think we'll see that I think as we go on. But a lot of on, day think, games to start the season always. You know, you get like an yeah. opening day, day game, and then a exactly. Sunday, and then it'll be one yeah. on Wednesday, I think, right? So it's – Yeah. For me, yeah. It, it's such a luxury to have two catchers that can hit because, you know, for however long, it was always you had your number one catcher that had a bat, and then you had your backup dude that was like – the league was just full of them. Everybody knew them. They hit 220 yeah, every year. Yeah. They came in. You know, you needed a big knock. They probably hit into a ground ball double play. Yeah, couldn't score from first. Every like, team had one. You know, just the, the dude from Major League, Jake Taylor, was just you know on every team, and yeah, you know, having two guys that are when, elite. When your stud needs a day off, that you don't even take a step back. That's that's incredible. That's a, that's a rare, rare luxury. Yeah, and you couldn't I have think, had that without the DH. You know, back in the day, and you can do it right now because Murphy right now his contract's really affordable, so you can yeah. you can do this without it being. You know, you're still paying them less than you pay yeah. Real Muto, you know, two of them. Um, so, anyway, we're seeing so far the Braves have had a couple of games where they hit – they won one game without hitting a homer, which they only did ten times all last season. They won one like that in D.C., which they love to see. But two other games they've won, they've had four homers and three homers. Last night, they just blew the thing open early against yeah. a guy, Wolfer, who hasn't given up many home runs. They had three in the first two innings, including that second inning, five runs, all of them on homers from Ozzy and Acuna. It's just it's the type of lineup that if you're locked in, you can get through it. But if you are off by, you know, just a little bit, there's too many guys that can do damage. You know, it's there's a lot of lineups where, you know, you make you you make your bad pitches against singles hitters. There's no yeah. singles hitters to make your bad pitches against, you know. If, right. It, all the way through the lineup, whenever you hang that breaking ball, there's a chance it's a home run. And if you have that off night where you're throwing a bad pitch to every hitter, even if yeah. it's just one, you know, two or three, four guys are going to run into one. Yeah. It's like you can't catch your breath in this lineup. Last year, I mean, don't for, don't forget, they were third in homers in 21 when they won the World Series and third in the majors. Last year, they were second only to the Yankees. They had 243. The next highest total in the National League last year was 219, Milwaukee. So, yeah. I mean, the Braves, this is this is what they are accustomed to now. And this year, they got a chance to be even better because they got a healthy Acuna in there. I mean, and, and, and you know, and when you add Murphy, when you when your catchers can – although Contreras obviously could hit home runs. That's the one yeah. thing he did. But you've got – when these guys are all healthy like they are this year – and you got Olsen going from day one last year. He really didn't start hitting home runs until well into the season because he was hitting yeah. all those doubles early, hitting those line drives, but didn't have wouldn't put much launch angle on him. But uh <coughs> you got right now a lot of guys that are hitting and a lot of guys that are healthy. So are they saying that Truist Park's not really that much of a hitter's park anymore? What what's the what's no, the it's word fair. on that? It's pretty much it's just fair. It's just fair. Okay. Because yeah. I remember the first year, that's the only year I played there or been right. there that it seemed like it changed after that first year. 
Yeah. Yeah, it really did. And even as the year went on, but it's it's fair. It's not really there's not any cheapies there. That's good. Well, yeah. I'm just trying to compare it to how many right. home runs they hit, but it just makes it just legitimizes it even more that they're not playing somewhere, you know, like Yankee right. Stadium with a 240-foot fence in right field. Right. Well, it was like Turner Field robbed them of so many homers in right center. I mean, right so many stupid. homers. Freddie Freeman would have had so another many. 50 yeah. home runs. Freddie would have too. I mean, that was yeah. so many long outs there that those are home runs at, at Truist Park, but they should be home runs. They're home runs almost everywhere. So Yeah, 390 in the gap should be – I mean, should be right. doing all right with that. Uh, one other thing worth noting. Ozzie Albies, remember a couple of, it's not long ago at all. A lot of people were saying Ozzie Albies needs to abandon switch hitting. And the Braves were like, no, it's not what, I mean, that you lose a lot of value if you, if you, and we talked about it here is people just assume the guy hasn't seen a slider from the, you know, right on right in, in, in 10 years or however long it's been. Yeah. You think he's just going to do that in the big leagues, you know? You, so, so it's never going to happen mid season during the season. But it's not even going to happen in the offseason. And th- and he's showing why now because he's got – he had four homers in spring training all from the left side. He hit one last night, again, left side, and four of them have been pulled to that corner in right field. His yeah. left-handed swing right now is really good looking. And as Snit said, that's good because Snit thinks he is righty on lefty, one of the best hitters in baseball. So if he's hitting lefty like that, man, yeah, that's that's a hell of a switch hitting threat right there. Yeah, I mean it's it's crazy when somebody thinks that the reason he's not as good from one side is because like if you could well why don't you just stay on that other side? Well, the reason right. he switch hits so he doesn't have to see sliders that started his hip right and come over the plate. You know, like it's that's the whole thing. But you know, for me, he's had so many injuries the last yeah. year or so that I yeah, can't last even, year was a lost year pretty much after the first couple of months. I can't even think of which injury would have been affecting his right or left-handed swing or what would have caused it. But, you know, it's just, it's just you got to give a guy a full healthy year. Well, he had, remember, he broke the elbow taking a swing in a minor league playoff game. Just taking a swing in an inside right. pitch, broke his elbow, which is a freak thing. Yeah. He had, the, he had the shoulder scoped after last season. I asked him last night. I said. Which shoulder? Getting, it was his throwing shoulders, right shoulder. I said, did getting that scope, do you think that could have helped your left-handed swing? He goes, not really, because I feel the same up there. He goes, I don't know, maybe getting the zone cleaner? I don't know. I mean, he was trying, but he said his left his swing feels great. He goes, just got, I said, what's the key to that? And he said, just start fast. Just get it, don't, just get on it. Don't, don't get behind. So when you, when you're on time, good things happen. So yeah. I, I guess it's as simple as that, but uh, he, uh, but he feels good. I mean, I I just I just wonder if getting scoped and cleaning out because that is he had a bulky shoulder. It was hurting and throwing. You wonder if that might have affected him even subconsciously if he's altering something on his swing, on his right hand yeah. swing, um, you know, or his left hand swing when, when his shoulder right shoulder. But uh, but yeah, it's no, uh, that'd be following through. I mean, my yeah. swing is aggressively. I mean, you just never know. That's why I'm saying. You know, it's like when a guy has a year full of injuries like that or. I mean, he had but stuff the year prior to. It's like there's something affects the the chain, you know, where you, yeah. it's really hard to judge until a guy has a full healthy season to even say something like that. Not to mention the whole righty righty slider thing. I mean, I played with a guy, Mike Wilson, that was a switch hitter when we were in rookie ball and single A, and he shit canned lefty and he went to hitting all right handed and everything was fine unless the right handed pitcher had a good slider. And that was his entire career. Was if the right he had an elite slider, he was just going to be an out. I asked him after the game about his left-handed swing. I said, "I guess that's why you uh, you guys didn't uh, abandon switch hitting when when so many people were talking about." It. He goes, "I guess so." And I said, "And I said, so that's not something you'd consider now." He goes, "No chance." He just yeah. laughed, especially on the day you go deep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, I just look at the comments real quick. I saw Harris hit three right-handed home runs in in, in BP. Yeah, he jumps on he jumps on that side because he switched hit back in high school, early, and he's still every round of BP takes a few swings from the right side, or usually at least one swing and jumps over. And the Duke can hit it out from that side. The most impressive thing I've seen, I think, in the last five years in any baseball game is Rendon jumping in lefty. Did you see that? It was either last year or the yeah, year before, yeah. and it was it was you know during that yeah. phase where there was a pitcher, a position player pitching right. every night, 
position player comes in to pitch and he hits a home run left-handed in the game. That was incredible. So yeah, I bet that, anybody that, that can do incredible. that, just turn around and do it. I didn't know he switched hit though. Um, what, uh, what, what covered Schuster? Oh, what was it? What was another thing I wanted to ask you about? Oh, I wanted to ask you, do you read anything into this or is it any reason to concern with Iglesias when they announced like a couple of days before the end of spring training that he, they were going to shut him down for a week and no throw and see, because they said uh, low grade inflammation of the shoulder. They shut him down for seven days and they reevaluate. We asked Sid about him yesterday. He said he has not started throwing yet. Said has been any setbacks. He goes, no, but he hasn't started throwing. So you can't really have a setback yet from just rehabbing. But it's been 11 days. Yesterday was 11 days, no throwing. Obviously, we're not going to get him back <laughs> as soon as some people had hoped because he's not even throwing yet. But is that just one of those things that when they ask you after seven days, how's it feel? And you can tell from from the rehab stuff you're doing that it's still not that there's still inflammation in there. There's no reason there's, to start throwing. There's so many possibilities. Yeah. You know, I mean, maybe he's saying it doesn't feel right yet. Maybe he wants to throw and they're not letting him. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe there's more to it than the team's letting on. You know, like there's there's it's unlimited the possibility of stuff that goes on. You know, they could do an MRI and, and show there's still inflammation in there, maybe. Well, they could do an MRI and see a small tear and and right. then, you know, let's see if it gets better. The inflammation they could see if it gets better. There's just like it, there's so much that can go on with a throwing arm. Um, a lot of times guys come in and, and they don't even want to go on the DL or have it be a big deal. They just And it, it depends on the team too. And I don't know this training staff. But you come in and be like, yeah, my shoulder's a little sore. And some teams will jump and want to do an MRI. Other teams just throw an ice bag on it and pitch you that night. You know, like there's, there's so right. many variables to sure. it. But I mean, if he's – ideally, he's already started throwing right now. But if he hasn't, then it's – it's going to be a little longer, but it's impossible to even guess, you know, what's going on because there's so many different routes to take when a guy's shoulders are a little flared up. And he's signed for like four years at $16 million a year. The Braves are going to be careful with that. Exactly. Yeah, so, you, you know, and the thing is, is like when I did my physical with Oakland was the only major league, you know, contract dependent physical I ever did where it's like you got to pass this to get your deal. Yeah, I had a torn labrum. Um, I'd never had any shoulder pain, but I had a torn labrum, um, and they they call it a slap tear, where it's it's yeah. it's not major, but you know, like I know Huddy had gotten his, and they said his his shoulder was hanging on by a shoestring, and he pitched like five more years. Um, but knowing that's in there, and the team will know that's in there when if you say you know, even if you say I have this all the time, every year this pops up. But you just sign a guy to a four-year deal or three-year deal, two-year deal. You're yeah. signing a guy to big money. Teams are going to be careful where they're like, you know, we yeah. don't want this labor to become a problem. And and like I said, for me, I'd never felt – I'd never had any shoulder pain. But guess what my next thing that happened was? Coming back from Tommy John, I started having a ton of shoulder pain. And so you kind of have to manage yeah. it accordingly. I misspoke. Three more years he signed for. But that's yeah, three, three more years. years. 16 million a be, year. You're going to be like, if you're aware of something going on in there, you're going to be even more careful than maybe the player wants you to. And they are in a great position as far as a lot better than most teams would be to be able to cover that. Like Mentor, Mentor's doing fine there right now. They got other guys. Guys, let's take a quick break, and then we'll finish up the show. Tell you who's really stepped up and impressed, and he impressed me in spring training. I wrote a story about him in spring. Nick Anderson. Yep. This guy looks like he's getting back to where he was, and Smith thinks he's only going to get better the more they pitch him. But he's gotten out of it. He, he gave up a home run, but that was uh, he. The he worked <laughs> right, right. He first what got out of that jam, game. out of that trouble when the game was on the line. Yeah, it was still a two run game, I think, and he came in and got Charlie out of that. Uh, that was impressive. I mean, he looks like a guy who's been there, and he's got postseason experience. I mean, he was elite for a couple of years before the injuries. So and he's still a he's not an old guy at all. So that that could be one of the bigger pickups they made in the offseason. That could end up being huge, man, because he looks really good. He does. And I always, you know, I never take if a reliever comes in and gets out of a jam, when they go back out, anything that happens for me is not on the books. It's like when you come into that huge pressure situation, um, and you get out of it, 
it's like all the air comes out, you know, you relax yeah. and it's, yeah. that was the hardest transition for me as a pitcher, you know, coming in into to big situations and getting out of them. It's such a rush. There's so much going on and then you calm down. And when you try to go back out, it's like, you feel like you haven't even warmed up yet that day. Cause all of a sudden the adrenaline's gone. You just got to make pitches. But, um, anytime a guy comes in and does that, I don't really care if, you know, he gives up a home run to Goldschmidt that didn't affect right. the game much. Right. Who cares? The, the, the point of the outing is that he came in and got out of that jam. Yeah. And that's what Snit said. I mean, he, he did nothing but praise last night's outing. Cause that was the, that ends up being maybe the biggest point of the game right yep. there. The crowd's into it. I mean, and that's a big crowd that's really behind that team. And they got some guys, once they get the ball rolling, they can, that lineup can do some damage. So, yep. yeah, that was a big, that was a big performance. Got some really good work from the bullpen so far. And, some ask, are they worried about Jimenez? I mean, if they are, they're not saying uh, that his velocity's down. He's coming back from head, to head scoped after last year. And they traded for him knowing that he'd gotten scoped. So they probably knew this could go on early in the season, you know. But uh, it's not something that uh, that they'll be worried about yet. He's still building. They, they, they brought him along slowly in spring training. He says he feels good. So I asked him, the last time I asked him, he said he felt fine. So we'll see. Sometimes it's just – Numbers are just down. <laughs> it's like there's right. no rhyme or reason to it. You know, I had springs where I was throwing 87 and even start the season throwing 80, 88. And then next thing you know, one day you feel exactly the same. Nothing changes. And the gun says 93, 94 up there. You know, I mean, sometimes velocity, especially after a little minor surgery, just takes a second to kind of come back. Uh, Freed, he hasn't started throwing yet, but that's totally understandable because he just pitched on Thursday, opening day. I mean, he could start today, but he hadn't, as of yesterday, he had not started throwing yet. Uh, I would still anticipate that is not going to be a long DL stint for a, what they said was a pretty relatively minor hamstring strain, but they're not going to push it with a guy like him, obviously. Um, but they need to get him back. I mean, this rotation, you can't just rely so much on the bullpen early on and you can't keep patchworking this this rotation. You already got two guys making their debuts in the first five games and you got Bryce Elder uh, going tomorrow in a series finale. So they obviously need to get free back. And 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 Kyle Wright can be a big, big addition once he's ready to go. So uh, you just hope that there's nothing going on there and his shoulder's fine. He says it is. So that should be – they should be all right. They should be all right there. Um the rotation, when healthy, should be damn good. But right now, you're waiting for some guys to come along, and the free thing yeah. threw, threw things kind of up in the air. But that's why Alex puts so much uh, emphasis on the bullpen and depth, getting more guys yeah. than you think he could possibly need because it's inevitable. Guys go down, and they're already seeing guys go down. So um, him him putting so much emphasis on bullpen depth has, has paid off. And, and, you know, he had to make all those trades and – what was it, 2019 at the deadline when he had to trade for three guys and he had to give up a lot of prospects and stuff and, yeah. and bring in three guys. And he said, I never want to have to do that again, you know, and wait till the deadline to enforce the bullpen. They don't want to be in that spot again. So that's why they uh, they emphasize that as much as anything. Well, uh, they, have a, they have a damn good pen. Somebody asked, uh, did you hear Godin's, uh, the new broadcaster's comment? About the bigger yeah. bases the other day, second game of the year. That <laughs> yeah, was crazy. I thought I didn't. I didn't know we if that was going to go over it. well, but it was funny. I loved it. I loved it. I think the guys. I think he's really good. By the way, man, he's, he's like great. You, listen, you listen to him. He's got that classic voice, and I think you can tell he's good because you hear. You think you've heard him in so many different places because he sounds like so many of that great, like five to ten national guys who have those kind of perfect voices. Uh, he's not corny. He's funny. He's got a great sense of humor. He knows the game. He's well-prepared. I mean, this guy read everything that was written about the Braves in the last few months before he yeah. did his first spring game. Press yeah, me. I was listening to that. I was listening to he's kind of sharp. his – He knew stories from last year, and he knew kind of each guy's scoop. You know, I thought that was kind of impressive. You know, just to yeah. – not not like, you know, it wasn't a time where it was going to be scripted. It just come up in a conversation or a random comment. He'd bring up, yeah. well, and he had that go on last year, and it looks like he's bounced back. I was like, all right, he's he's done his homework. But then for him to say in the second game that he did for Bally, I mean, a the Braves joke. are not are known for <laughs> any kind of uh, edge of humor. For him to say right. that uh, uh, the bases are three inches bigger this year, drawing the envy and ire of 
of men everywhere. I was like, I had to play it twice to make sure because somebody posted. I said, did he really? Did, is that what he said? I just laughed my ass off. I mean, that's something we could say here. We can say anything yeah. we want to say. Yeah. But you don't expect it on the on the, on the Braves broadcast, especially his second game. But I thought no. it was great. I thought it was great. I was great. impressed. Absolutely harmless. Uh, I loved it. I loved it. And I, and I like what this guy's doing so far. I really like him. He's good. He's good with Frenchie. They work well together. And uh, that was, I think it was a great hire for the Braves. They could have gone a safer route with everybody, with someone everybody knew. Like no, he's great. Route. Yeah, but this was. I, li- really I like listening to him hire. right away. This is one of those hires where you hear him and you go, gosh, I wonder why he wanted to do a local thing instead of national. But there are some guys like him that want to do a local team and be like, like Boog did. That, you know, that yeah. you want, he left ESPN to do. I mean, still has some stuff for ESPN basketball and everything, but he wanted to do again. One uh, wanted to be a, 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 a calling one team all year. One hundred sixty-two. You're plugged into that team. You're going to the ballpark every yeah. day. You know their stories. That's a real different role than the national role where you're bopping in, you're dropping in on this game and that game, and that it's totally different. And he yeah, they just that show up and get the scoop. But when you're with the team and, and watching it all year, you can really connect. And, and you're and, telling a story over the course yeah. of a whole season. Night yeah. in, night out, you're with those are the guys you remember that make impacts on people. You remember, you know the the Pete Van Werens and the Skip Carries and the Ernie Johnsons, the people that did it for years and years and years, and they're the sound of your summer. You know, yep. and that's what he wants to be, and he's going to be that because I can see him being here for a real long time with the Braves because he's a, he's a young guy too. By the way, I mean he, he looks he looks even younger than he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had <laughs> so, I had Rick Riz and Dave Niehaus because I was a Mariners fan growing up. Yeah. And then to get to the, the, I mean, like those, to meet those guys in person when I got called up to the team and hear their voices in person was, or, or, you know, hear them say your name on the radio. It was just surreal. Cause you know, that yeah. was like, like you said, it was like the soundtrack of your summer was, was yeah. those guys voices. So I think that's really cool when a, when an announcer sticks with a team for that long that, you know, you got generations identifying with their voice. I mean, there's a couple of teams that are kind of head and shoulders above the rest or have been with their TV broadcasting in recent years. Uh, the, Mets, the Mets are good. The Mets are great. <laughs> the so Giants. Good. I the hate Giants. them, but they're good. The Giants guys are great, man. Yep. They've been great for a while now. And uh, and Boog, I think Boog just gave, Boog's great. brought the Cubs up another level. The Blue and Jays guy is super recognizable. Is it Buck right. Martinez? Is that his name? Right. Or is he? Yeah. And yeah, I think this good. guy – not that Chip wasn't good because he fine, he was fine. But this guy, I think, is going to help bring that Braves thing up to to, to the level that it was at yeah. because he's just really good, really good. So, so that's good. That was a, that was a great hire. I, you wonder how those things are going to work. And the Braves ended up doing a really good ballet, and the Braves did a great job with that guy. You know, they did a real exhaustive search. They brought him out, everybody in for interviews. You know, they're one of the teams, one of the few teams I've ever heard of doing this. They had. They had Alex Anthopoulos, among others, meet with this guy. You don't get that with a lot of teams. You don't have the GM of the team meeting with a broadcast interview. But that was Let's part make of the sure interview. he's not going to mess up the chemistry or something. <laughs> Alex has a hand in everything, man. Yeah. He just wanted to make sure they had the right guy, you know? Yeah. Hey, Alex cares about that shit. He's president of baseball operations. I, I don't know. I just well, thought it was it right. impressive that he even cared, you know? Yeah. He didn't just leave it to that. He wanted to know the guy's baseball acumen and all that kind of thing. Well, I can you tell can't. you this. the When I was with the Mets, some of the stuff that their announcers would say, yeah, we heard it in the clubhouse. Oh, yeah. It would piss they're guys critical. off. Yeah, they're critical. Yeah. And that's and the thing. When you have guys with that kind of gravitas that those Mets guys have, they, they don't say give it, a and shit. They, and they played there and did it. Yeah. Hall of Famer you know? or borderline Hall of Famer. And, yeah, they don't care. They're like, oh, what are you gonna do? Fire me? Fine, yeah. I got all, I got enough money. Yeah. I don't need this job. Well, and the Those, people love them, and it, it meshes with their fan base because right. their fan does, base is yeah. not sneaking anything by them. Right, and the Mets. I think you can be more critical, and the Mets fans expect you to be a little more critical. I don't think that would go over well with the Braves. It's just a different market, and that's not. I'm not. I'm not, and I'm not saying that's good or bad. I wouldn't want the Braves market to be as hard bitten as the Mets market. No, I mean. That's that's a that's a whole different thing. But they're Ruined perfect players, for the Mets. You know? I mean, right. Matt like the Giants got guys, booed last year. Right. The Giants guys aren't critical of them like the Mets guys are. No, I, hardly anybody is that I know of. Even the Yankees broadcasters aren't critical of the Yankees like the Mets guys are. So, But anyway, I think this, this was a great hire for these guys. It's good. Yeah, he's been really good. I've enjoyed him. Um, 
Austin, eh, I, said, I told you what I, what I had talked to him. Uh, Snit on the catching duties. I just want to make sure I didn't have anything. Uh, oh, Snit was talking about Tonkin. And he said, uh, uh, or Eli White, Eli White. He said he's healthy. I'm glad he's healthy because he's another tooled up guy. He likes to call guys tooled up. And, and Eli White, if you've seen this guy, he is. And he and he critic or he praised him and Forrest Wall both for the springs that they had. Um, uh, oh, Michael Harris, I was I was asking him about uh, uh, about running the bases, stealing bases, whether the whether the the bigger bases or the pitch over rules were more important. And he said by far the pitch over rules because once a guy has one of those, you know he's going to be more hesitant to throw over there. And yeah. he said, if he has two, then that's just like, it's time to take your base. I mean, they're, they're going. Guys are going yeah. if they get two. So, base stealers are obviously going on two. But, and we've talked about this too, even after one, it makes the guy hesitant to get to two because he knows if he gets two, he's not. he doesn't yeah. have any weapons to really stop him. Then he's got to throw the guy out or it's a balk. So, yeah. but really, after one, a lot of guys are taking advantage of that. And I see we haven't seen it impacted as much in Braves games yet. But we're going to. They've had a lot of power hidden so far and some games that haven't really lent themselves to that. But you're going to see it more as we go. But I asked, I asked when I asked Michael, I said, are you going to kind of ease into it, get a feel for the rules before you start taking off? He goes, no. He goes, I'm ready right now. He said, I'm ready right now. So I think we're <laughs> going to start seeing him go. And yeah, I asked the him shift about Murphy. Too, the, the shift for yeah. me has been so oh, many. Yeah. Oh, I've yeah. seen so many just oh, those lefty singles to right field that they were outs last year. Yeah, and and you're seeing some plays too around baseball. You're seeing some second basemen make plays that we yeah. haven't seen them make much in recent years because they're so shifted over that that ball's just going into right field and the guy's fielding it. But now the the second baseman's diving and getting up, throwing that ball to first. Yeah. I I, I, I miss that play. So, yeah. um, but I I also asked Michael Harris. I said, "Are you glad you're not running? Uh, you don't have to run against Murphy after that throw he made the other day." He goes, "Off, oh, yeah." He goes, "I mean," he said, "I feel like." it's better to see it from the outfield on the same team as him. <laughs> he said that one the other day was crazy. I, he thought he, he, Garcia had a good jump, and then he threw that he cannon did. down there, and the ball beat him somehow, and he was out. And I said, it looked like it had a tail on it. He goes, it does. He goes, that he goes that dude throws two seamers somehow coming out of the crowd. I don't know how he does it, but he does it. He said he, he throws two seamers down to second base that are just That's just his, I mean, it, it's a four seam, but that's just yeah. his arm angle and – Right, how much arm speed he has. That ball's spinning when it comes out. I, so, like, for you to tell me to look at it and me to watch it, watch the highlights and be like, oh, yeah, that's a good arm. But for it to happen in the game while I'm watching live and yeah. to not, not have anything in my head about it, just to be like, shit, the catcher threw the shit out of that ball. You yeah. know, like, that was my reaction was, God dang, that was a good throw. And yeah. then I thought about it. I'm like, okay, this is what Dave was talking about because that was a damn cannon. Yeah. And it, it, the runner had a good jump. I thought he was going to be safe. And right. he just not put a, it not I a mean, real fast runner, dive. but he had a great jump, man. Yeah. And he just, I mean, he got rid of it quick and just the arm strength he has, man. You can just see it. You can see it in the life of the ball. Like it's, it's planing downhill and like, like Harris said, sinking a little bit and tailing a little bit right to the like, spot. <laughs> yep. Right to him, too. If yeah. it hadn't been perfect. And then last night, Wilson Contreras had one to gun down Acuna. Man, I didn't know he threw it like that very often, but that yeah. was a beautiful throw. And it took a perfect throw or Acuna would have had a stolen base last night in the first inning. Yep. Yeah, I think if you put Murphy on a mound, he'd be yeah. just fine. He'd be 95-96. Yeah, I, uh, Austin Riley said when they were, you know, I told you they were thrown to the bases a lot in spring training, which they never really did, to throwing to third, throwing pickbacks to first. And Austin said he threw one down to me one time. And it got, I got it in the palm. He goes, that's a different feeling. That's a different feeling. I said, is it like, like catching a pitcher? He ball, goes, yeah. yeah. He goes, yeah. He said, it's just, yeah. He said, it has so much thump when you get it. It's just like, it hurt. <laughs> hey, there's a fan down there, there, Cody King, asking, what do I think of the Rendon grabbing the fan and trying to slap him? Yeah. If it was only five games, I might have done that a few times. <laughs> Those they fans had to in Oakland, man, they, they had don't to shut up. Him. They yeah. had to at least suspend him that month, that long. They I think that's can't do that. You think about the amount of stuff a player's heard, you know. Yeah, I mean, I the think amount of every, shit you have to put up with. Every single guy's want to say that. And Oakland's tough because you have to actually walk through the fans there where they can reach out and touch you and get really close to you. But there's some stadiums, Oakland, uh, Philadelphia, 
San Francisco. I wanted to do that a lot, you know, and obviously you can't do it and he messed up, but I don't think it's going to hurt him that bad because he's, he's making plenty of money and he's probably wanted to do that for a long time, but you can't do it. I'll agree. You can't do it, but I kind of liked it. Well, he'll get hurt anyway, Rendon. So he'll miss a lot more. Has he been? Yeah, he's been hurt. Yeah. That contract is not really worked out. Neither has Strasburg, though. Those were their two no, choices. No, it's like they had the two choices, and they would have been better off doing neither. And just giving all letting the, them both walk after the World Series, and giving all the money to the guy they let go to Philly, Soto. I would have given it all to Soto. No, the guy that went to Philly. Oh, Trey Turner. No, the other guy. Oh, Harper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they should have just kept Harper all along, man. But who's going to know at the time? Remember that Strasburg, Turner, Strasburg's, Harper, Soto. Strasburg almost pitched too great in that postseason for the Nats' purposes. They won a World Series because of it, but it's almost like they couldn't decline signing him. They almost were forced into a corner. You had to do one of those guys at the time. They would have yeah. been better off not doing it either, but can't blame I think when it happened, it. me and you were both saying we would have picked Rendon. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, Strasburg, that literally was the only year he's ever stayed healthy. That was yeah. it. I mean, you're going to look back at his career and the money he made and go, holy shit, how'd this guy make all this money? Because it's just been promise and so much talent. But, oh, not just injury after injury. And who knows if he's going to pitch again and be any good after the thoracic outlet syndrome thing. Wow. Rendon's only played. He played 52, 58, <laughs> 47. Yeah. It's been a disaster. Wow. I mean, the one year was a COVID year, but he's right. barely played. That's no, crazy. It's been a disaster. Strasburg, I don't know if I've seen him pitch since he signed that deal. <laughs> All right. Well, we got uh, two more here in St. Louis. Supposed to be storms coming in tonight. But fortunately, with these quick games, we should be able to get it in before the storms come in. And they're supposed to be out tomorrow before the day game. Let's hope so. We don't need to be sitting around in delays here, like big storms here, like tornado you Can't fix things. that. Can't speed no. that up. I love the pitch clock, though, man. Love it. Actually, I – like I said, I wouldn't have phased me because I tried to work fast. But, I, you know, I thought initially I was like, you're not going to get people to stop scrolling Instagram and pay pay attention to baseball, whether it's three hours, right. two hours and 40 minutes. But what I didn't realize is it's, it cuts down a lot of dead time. A lot. You know, it's a like lot. there's just there's way more. Like if you got people that are going to watch, they're getting more action while they're watching. So yep. I, I don't mind it. There's. There's some dumb shit that happens where I feel like the umps could use some discretion, yeah. you know, and I even think it could be like you get a warning and then you get ejected rather than it affecting the strike and ball count. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think there's ways they could tweak it, but it's still, the games are, they got a better pace to them. But I think they're being vigilant right now to set the groundwork, to let people yeah. know this is for real. And because if yeah. they slacked off right away, people would probably try to take advantage of that. I think they're being more vigilant right now to get everybody in the habits. Yeah, I yeah. did just for me. If a game starts getting decided on it, it's yeah, yeah, it's That's gone too far. Like you need to give the umps the discretion of like a firm warning or yeah. I mean, even anything, but ending a game on it or having it dictate a major part of the right. game. But third inning strike, you know, I saw Hayward get one the other day, and it's yeah. his whole bat sucked at that after that because he got called out on check swing, so he got one pitch in the whole bat to try to do anything on. But yeah, all right. That's it. 755 is real. We appreciate you guys. Thanks for everybody for taking part and giving us the comments over there and everything. We do see them. We appreciate it. We're out. Yep. See you guys. Mm-hmm.